With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today on Stick to Football, it is time, baby. We are jumping in deep on the AFC East. Not too deep. Melo can't swim. But the AFC East draft classes, we're going to break those down, starting with the New England Patriots, the defending champs. Don't forget, leave your draft on draft questions. If you're watching us in the Bleacher Report app, just leave it a comment. Our amazing producers are going to go in there, check those out. So fire the comments that you – fire it. Fire the comments that you want, uh, the questions that you want us to answer. We'll do that at the end of the show. Matt, Mello, Connor. And, yes, I'm wearing a T-shirt that says Stick to Football on it. They're making fun of me. I think this is like when you wear a Nickelback T-shirt to a Nickelback concert, Mello. I, I think we're a little bit better than Nickelback. But I said Foo Fighters. It was like if Dave Grohl rolled out to his concert and he had a Foo Fighter shirt on, it might be a little awkward, but it looks good on you. Thank you. It's nice shirt. Yeah, we get it, Matt. You're in the band. But, Mello, can you really not swim? Um... So I swim no. so badly we don't that know. I just okay, tell people I can't swim. Because like if I'm on a boat and there's like a storm rolls in and they're like, hey, can you swim? Not good enough to save myself. No, I can barely float. Uh, I can barely move. So I just say, no, I cannot swim. I've been trying to teach him for 32 years. It's I have a deal with my daughter right now. She's seven years old and I'm trying to get her to ride her bike. And she's like, I will learn how to ride my bike if you learn how to swim. So it's probably going to die this summer, but maybe she'll learn how to ride that bike. All right. Also, follow us in the BR app because you get more comments like the fact that Mello can't swim and his daughter doesn't know how to ride a bike yet. We'll be hosting mailbags. We're doing fun stuff all summer long, so make sure you follow us in the BR app, guys. But we are going to break down these draft classes today, and we have to start with the reigning AFC East champion, the New England Patriots. And a lot has changed since the last time we saw this team. Tom Brady is now in Tampa Bay. Rob Gronkowski is back from the WWE, but he's also in Tampa Bay. And in a draft that they had a ton of draft capital, what was your guys' takeaway of this class? Kind of your overarching theme. Mello will go to you first. I think with the Patriots, it's just business as usual. Belichick's going to Belichick. Uh, the guy loves to trade down. He loves to acquire more picks. And he loves to attack the middle of the field. You look at their draft class. Every single one of these guys is on the middle of the field. We said they probably could use a receiver. Didn't go after one. Thought they might target a quarterback. Nah, they're rolling with my guy Jared Stidham. No running backs. You, you stay. Linebacker. Linebacker. Edge. And I even think he's going to play some linebacker too. And then you get the two tight ends. And Kyle Duggar, he's just a do-it-all guy. I think when you look at Belichick and what he wants to do, this is going to be his lawyer Malloy. This is a throwback player who can be a badass at safety, but also probably come down in the box and play a little bit of linebacker when he needs to. Yeah, listen, I look at the Patriots draft, and Melo, I'd actually be curious, how would you grade that draft before I even begin? I'm going to give it a C+. I like the draft. I love this kid out of Lenore Ryan right here, Kyle Duggar. But they didn't excite me. There are a lot of holes on this team. They needed to get some players out of this draft, and I don't feel like they did. They can't just sit back and say, oh, we're AFC East champions again. They've got a lot of making up to do because the team we'll talk about next uh, really did a good job. So I'm going to roll with a C-plus for the Patriots. 
Yeah, I don't really differ that much from you here. When I look at the New England draft, there are things I really like about it. I think when you look at the tight ends, that's something that excites me for their offense. I think it was not a strong tight end class, and they found two guys that have more upside at the next level. Devin CSC is a guy that can work the seam. I thought he was a good athlete. He seems to catch everything at the next level. I think when you look at Dalton Keene, he's kind of that guy that'll be a versatile player. He could work in the backfield. I thought he blocked, actually, very, very well. But a CSC right here, as you see, the seam, the middle of the field – as you said, Melo, that's something that they're always, always going to work in this offense. And then when you get back to the Duggar pick, I think that's something that I had a problem with them. It felt like they missed out on Xavier McKinney. I thought Antoine Winfield was a better option. I thought Ashton Davis and even Grant Delpit were a little bit better options, but Duggar might have more versatility. So their draft was a C for me because I don't know how much better this roster got right now as much as I like tight end picks. And I'm just trying to figure out the plan. Is the plan really Jarrett Stidham? Are they going to shock us and sign a Cam Newton? Because that honestly, that would scare me a lot too. I think Cam Newton and the Patriots would be a really, really good match for the AFC East. I'm just very confused about the big picture here. Yeah, guys, my big picture is that it is Jared Stidham. I think the lack of quarterback targets, and I know Bill Belichick said this wasn't necessarily by design. It was just the way the board fell. Well, they were in position to draft Jordan Love and didn't. They were in position to draft any quarterback other than Joe Burrow, Tua, and Justin Herbert. So I think it is by design that you didn't take a quarterback it has felt like all offseason that they're moving ahead with Jarrett Stidham as the guy. I liked their picks. You guys mentioned kind of going deep on Kyle Duggar, Devin CSC. Last time the Patriots had two very good tight ends, they had one of the best offenses in the NFL because they were dynamic, they were versatile. And I think we see that again this year as they get these two young guys into the mix. So I'm going to give them a B, so I get the high grade for the New England Patriots. But Melo mentioned it. You're a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm as close as a fan. Melo mentioned the Bills are the team to watch. A playoff run last year, a defense that no one wanted to mess with, a dual threat quarterback, and fellas, they had, in my opinion, a very good draft. I'll let you go first again, Melo. What did you like about what the Bills did? I think when you look at this Bills team, last year when we were doing our team previews, it's like, oh, God, they might have a team that can actually win the AFC East. And they got pretty damn close. And I love what they did in their draft. Uh, going after a guy, well, let's start with the first pick. They traded away, and they bring in a number one receiver. You needed a number one receiver. They secured a number one receiver. And then they bring in guys like A.J. Epinesa. I really like what he's going to do. I think that the edge rush position was kind of sneaky. You look at the roster and you see some really good guys on there. But I think Epinesa can come in and be just a Swiss Army knife tool. He can play inside. He can play outside. I think he can maybe even put his, you know, stand up and be an outside rusher. But then you also, you know, add depth. But this defense is going to be scary. Adding Ed Oliver last year and now A.J. Epinesa to go with him. He's already battled with the big boys in the Big Ten. He can definitely do some damage in the AFC East. And then you get to the running backs. They added a lot of depth here to this team. But I think they're depth pieces that can come in and contribute. Zach Moss might not rush for 1,000 yards, but he might help Devin Singletary rush for 1,000 yards. These guys are going to come in early and contribute. Yeah, this is yet another draft class from Brandon Bean that I'm very, very excited about. I thought they did a phenomenal job. You say it off the top, you have to include Stephon Diggs in this class because they traded away that first rounder to get him. They really needed a wide receiver. They went out and got that. They got a pro-ready guy, a guy that you already know is a star in this league. And then they were able to still solve their other needs with value picks. You looked at A.J. Epinesa, of course, somebody that I think is a high floor player on the edge. He'll stop the run. He has a lot of power to get himself seven or eight sacks a year. That was a need. But I look at Zach Moss as the pick 
in this group that just makes the most sense for the Bills. They have Motor Singletary there. He's a change of pace, change of direction kind of runner, had a really good rookie season. But you needed to pair him with somebody that has some straight downhill power. And when you watch Zach Moss, he's somebody that consistently created yards after contact. And we know this offense with three wide receivers across the board that can play. And they did add Gabe Davis and Isaiah Hodgins. I was a big Hodgins fan. But you know this offense with the wide receiver talent, the offensive line talent, to get a power back in there. It makes life a lot easier for Josh Allen right now. And I think that is something the Bills have done such a good job at. This was an A-minus class for me. Yet another good year for Brandon Bean. Yeah, guys, when I look at the class, I thought that this is a typically they're in the driver's seat in the AFC East with Tom Brady out of the division, <clears throat> excuse me, and out of the conference now at Tampa Bay. The Jets are still rebuilding. The Dolphins are starting over. The Bills have to feel like, all right, it is our time. We've waited 20 years for this. Now it's our time. And it was safe picks, like you guys said. Using your first-round pick, number 21 overall, or excuse me, 23 overall, and getting a wide receiver in Stephon Diggs, getting yourself a playmaker, a proven playmaker, but then you go get Gabe Davis. He's going to start for this team. Isaiah Hodgins, he might start for this team. I mean, you're drafting high-impact, very, very safe picks. So I am a, a huge fan of what they did. I, you all know if you listen to this show or watch the show regularly, I am a huge A.J. Epinesa fan. He was one of my favorite players in the entire draft. I know there are questions about athleticism. I feel like Sean McDermott is going to know how to use A.J. Epinesa. I'm not worried about him making a transition here at all. And then getting Jake Fromm in round five, even if he's only a high-level backup long-term, that is very smart with a running quarterback in Josh Allen who maybe is going to get beat up a little bit. So I really like that pick. Light your tables on fire. They're going to an A from me. The Bills did great. Can you imagine going in practice and on when one rep you have Josh Allen throwing you the ball and then they're like, all right, bring in the number two and it's Jake Fromm. Like that <laughs> arm strength is going to be, it's going to be like going from me throwing the ball to Matt throwing the ball. It's just going to be a world different. It's like you bringing Josh a knuckleballer. Yeah, here's our right. knuckleballer, guys. Try to hit it. I don't think Melo can compare himself to Josh Allen because he still hasn't gotten the tattoo. So until that happens, you have to shut your mouth. All right. Today's show is sponsored by Jake from State Farm, not Jake from the Georgia quarterback who slid all the way to these Buffalo Bills in the fifth round of the NFL draft. Much like the constant cuts to Jake Fromm's living room as he realized he would not be drafted Friday night, State Farm will be there for you through good times and bad. And just like Jake Fromm offers an entirely different skill set from Josh Allen, State Farm offers both home and auto insurance. When Josh Allen misses a few plays because he runs like he is not six foot five, Jake Fromm will be there to add relief. And when you need home and auto help, Jake from State Farm will be there to add the same relief. Thanks to State Farm for supporting Stick to Football. That was a lot of S's in there. A lot of S's. Glad you doing. I like alliteration. It was a lot of S's. I'll get better at it. All right. Speaking of S's, the J E T S. There's the S. The Jets, Jets, Jets. Kind of Rogers' favorite team. They had an interesting draft. It started. This is what we wanted. Round four, things got a little bit weird. Connor, your grade and your overall thoughts on the Jets draft this year. I actually thought Joe Douglas did a really good job. He got the most value out of his trades. He was able to move back 10 spots in the second round and acquire plenty more picks, guys, even a sixth rounder next year on top of all the extra picks in the fourth round that he was able to add this year. You look at this, they needed a left tackle. Makai Becton was the guy for them. Denzel Mims, they really needed a wide receiver with size and speed. That's a pick that I think every Jets fan could be excited about just with how poor the red zone passing offense was last year. And Mims is somebody that caught 12 
12 touchdowns. I mean, this guy right here, though, you needed to get better on the ground. They had no space for Le'Veon Bell last year. George Fant was penciled in as their starting left tackle. Mekhi Becton is a big upgrade over that, even with the fact that he's going to have to be coached up to be more consistent in pass protection. That's okay. But I look at this draft class as a whole, guys. Something that actually made me pretty excited was to see Greg Williams, who had a really good year last year with not a ton of talent, get a voice in the room. They took Ashton Davis in the third round. That's a sign to me they want to be a more aggressive unit. They don't want to be a cover two defense. They want Ashton Davis to play free safety eventually, be a single high guy, let Jamal Adams run around and make plays. Jamari Zuniga, it wasn't my favorite pick in the draft, but they had no athleticism at the pass rusher spot. So for Greg Williams, a guy that really got the team to seven wins last year because the offense struggled under Adam Gase. I'm glad that they gave him some help as well while solving a lot of needs. Rome wasn't built in a day, but it's a B plus for me because I do think they got more picks and addressed a lot of areas in the team. I, I like what they did. I liked Sam Darnold. He was my quarterback one in that class. I like that they're putting him as a priority and say we need somebody to protect you and we're going to give you some targets. I'm giving this draft a C because in the hindsight, I can look back and say I could have CeeDee Lamb and Josh Jones or I can have Mekhi Becton and Denzel Mims. And I just, I like those picks better. I don't like Becton. Like, I'll be vocal about it. I don't know how good he's going to be. So I really question that pick. And then taking a quarterback in the fourth round, I thought this was a team with a lot of holes, and I don't know why you're drafting a player that ideally won't play for you. Ideally, you keep him on the bench, and he's in meetings, but he's never touching the field. To take a guy like that in a fourth round and then the punter uh, later in the draft, I'm giving this one a C. I didn't love the draft. I'm sorry, Connor. That is a great punter yeah. that they drafted. Well, after, after watch up the Brayden Man's defense. <laughs> You're right. After watching Luke Falk last year, I can't watch any other backup quarterback that they were ready to roll out there. David Falls, Luke Falk. I like James Morgan. I know I'm biased on that one. It was early. They had other needs. But, man, they needed somebody behind Sam Darnold. He's missed time over two years now, guys. It sucks to say it, but he has. Yep. Got to yeah. keep him away from that mono bug because uh, it hits everybody. I'm sorry I brought up punters. My team doesn't need one, so you guys can take all the punters. <laughs> you you, there's retired. That's how the Chiefs just don't need a punter. All right, when I look at the Jets class, I did like how they started. It felt like they just printed off the listed team needs, and Joe Douglas went, okay, we need a left tackle? Got it. We need a receiver? Got it. We need a cover safety? Got it. And they just they stuck to the board, which you're going to get a good grade from people like us when you do that, unless it's mellow grading your team. He wore a Jets jacket into the office today, by the way. I'm giving <laughs> oh, wow. them a C plus. And he, I'm giving them a C plus, gentlemen. And here's the reason. I did not love the player value with where they took them. I like the needs they addressed. I think Jabari Zuniga is a little bit of a reach where they took him. LaMichael Pirine, a reach where they took him. Uh, I think I saw Connor tweet this as well. This is a team that they're really betting on bounce back years for some players. Bryce Hall, without a, a doubt, a gruesome, gruesome ankle injury to the point that he was off some teams' boards. They're betting hard that P. Ryan's going to get back to that 2018 downhill power run style. The good news is he's not going to be forced to action. I agree with y'all. They had needs. They addressed them. I just thought the value was a little bit off. That's why they get a little bit lower grade from me. All right, let's move yeah. on to the Miami Dolphins. Oh, Connor, if you want to wrap up your Jets. Because uh, when we no, get to the Niners, I, I'm going to go on rants. So, please. I, I think it's fair. I think the two picks I really didn't like were Zuniga and Pirine. I just think big picture. I'm glad they got the left tackle. Uh, they Florida. got a wide receiver that <laughs> I definitely gra- I think that I gravitated to a player like Denzel Mims at that spot of the draft. So 
I think we see a little different on that one. Yeah, all right. How about the Miami Dolphins? They came into the weekend with 14 selections, the most of any team. They put out an elaborate smokescreen. They got me. They got Vegas. They got Daniel Jeremiah. Mel Kuyper changed his damn mock Thursday morning. I'm still mad at you, Mel. Uh, So they got a lot of people. But... What they did, they came away with the quarterback of the future, and they protected him with their offensive line picks. Connor, what were your thoughts on the grade, but then also how they actually filled this roster? I really, really liked it. I mean, right here, it was a B-plus draft for me just because I was low on Austin Jackson. I actually thought he was a top-of-third-round player. But in hindsight, guys, big picture here. You got Tua. Absolutely love Tua. Think he's going to be able to change the Dolphins franchise. I like the Noah Ibanagani pick a lot. When you look at making a strength a bigger strength, they have three physical nasty corners in a division where they should be able to shut out passing attacks. Robert Hunt was one of my guys. So I actually liked Hunt better than Austin Jackson. I think, look, you see Ibanagani here. So physical. He presses. He plays the ball. He's a Brian Flores kind of player. I think the Dolphins over Overall, did a really, really good job here. I mean, Brandon Jones is another guy. He's going to come in, play special teams. He could be a box safety for you. I think he can run with tight ends. So I think when you look at this overall, I think the Dolphins did a really, really nice job. They played the draft very well by not panicking and moving up and moving around up to three where they would have got played. They knew Tua was going to fall right into their lap. So getting the franchise quarterback, getting some pieces on defense, and getting an offensive line player in Robert Hunt that I think will be a very, very good guard at the next level gives this a B-plus draft for me. The AFC East, besides New England, I really liked what the other three teams did. And I really like what the Dolphins did here. I'm going to give them a B-plus. They did. They got all y'all, except for me. And they got Tua, which was their guy that I think they wanted all along. (laughs) And I like like their plan with Tua, though. They went out and they drafted some offensive linemen. Uh, Austin Jackson was probably a little bit of a stretch there, a reach in the first round. But Robert Hunt uh, is going to be a very good guard for this team. Protect this guy. And then also continuing to build up this defense. You see that Flores has brought over kind of that Patriot mentality of we're just going to load up on defensive guys, and I think they're in a really great position this year. And next year they have two first-round picks, and uh, they flash some Oregon offense on that screen, and I can't help but look at that left tackle. I think the Dolphins are really winning this offseason. I mean, we can't even fit all the picks on the graphic here that they had. They've really improved this team uh, drastically very quickly. Yeah, that's what I look at, guys. It's not only a great job getting to it and not having to forfeit any of their first-round picks in 2020 or 2021. So they come back loaded, ready for next year. But to get the quarterback that we all love, had he been healthy, I think there would have been a much bigger debate about where he stacked in this class behind or even with or for some people above Joe Burrow. So to get two at five is electric. But this defense is what I look at because I think to win the AFC East, you're going to have to win on the defensive side of the ball. To bring in Shaq Lawson and Emmanuel Ogba's free agents, those are smart moves. You bring in a Landon Roberts, Kave Noy, they know this defense. You bring in Byron Jones, and then you draft to supplement that with Noah Igbenogany. Raquan Davis, Brandon Jones, who's going to play a ton of nickel for them. I thought the Dolphins, not to just extend on their draft to the entire offseason, but, man, they had a great year. And B. Jones is going to play all over. Texas fans know this dude from his freshman year was rocking people on special teams. He could play nickel coverage. When I talked to him before the draft, 
He had tore his labrum, so he was out. He made a folder, a binder on 32 teams, what their defensive tendencies were, how he would fit in there. He played 80% of his snaps in man coverage in 2019. That versatility from day three is really exciting for me. So I give the Miami Dolphins an A grade. Don't forget y'all can leave your grades in the comments below. Let us know why we are wrong. You can also, if you're listening to the podcast, tweet those to us. Just hashtag that mellow is always wrong, and we will read those comments. No, you don't want to go there? Okay. Draft on draft questions. And don't forget, tomorrow we will be diving into the NFC East. So all those Giants fans who we ripped last year when you took Daniel Jones and Dexter Lawrence, tomorrow maybe we will try to make up for that. Maybe. But you have to be here at 5 p.m. Eastern to find out if you still hate us or not. Draft on draft questions, though. Phil McRinselberg, which 2021 draft prospect would you most like to play as in the NCAA football video game that they better be giving us or we are rioting? I don't want to speak for everybody else, but I've already made signs and have pitchforks. Mello, who is your 2021 prospect you want to play with, play as the most? And, fellas, I don't think we're getting this video game anytime soon, but if I can <laughs> and I want it, I'm taking Justin Fields. Uh, Matt knows I run the triple option oh, okay. probably better than anybody runs the triple <laughs> it's like option. Scott Frost. It's very good, and I've been just kicking ass with Justin Fields. I've got the updated rosters on NCAA 14. Uh, if you want to play me, we can make it happen. But Justin Fields is already unstoppable in this game, so that's who I'm going with. Yeah, that's a great one because he can run, obviously. He can throw down the field. I think the same would be said for even Trevor Lawrence, or I know you guys really love Trey Lance. I look at... Jalen Waddle, and the reason is maybe the targets weren't always there last year when you have two guys that were in first round picks uh, playing in front of you and even Devonta Smith but when I look at Waddle super super explosive I mean that speed and acceleration would have to be a 95 so he's somebody I'm excited to see get a bigger target workload this year and that I feel like would be an absolute cheat code in the NCAA game. I got to tell a story time. I got to tell you this. I don't play a lot of video games, as, as y'all know, because, I mean, I have kids and this job is busy. So we go play NCAA 14. I haven't played it in six years. So I'm, I'm getting my ass whipped by big country. I put Kerry Vincent Jr. in at quarterback for LSU and had one of the most epic comebacks I've ever seen in a football game. It was like Patriots coming back on the Falcons. So Kerry Vincent Jr., you're my guy, even though you're not a quarterback. My real answer, Trey Lance. I mean, no interceptions. He rushed for 1,100 yards and 14 touchdowns. 28 to nothing touchdown interception. He's 6'3", 221. This is like Michael Vick in the old school Madden, but real life. So Trey Lance is my guy. I like that pick, and I'm very excited about Trey Lance. He, he, a lot of people have been asking about him because like, you have a North Dakota State quarterback who's a redshirt freshman that high on He's your board. That good. He is going to be very good, though. All right, next question and our last question for today. Wyatt Charter, who was your biggest faller factoring in landing spot? So board versus where they went, guys. Who's your big faller? For me, it's got to be Josh Jones. I really thought that he was going to go 18 overall to the Dolphins, and he slides all the way down the board. Uh, that one really surprised me. Uh, I did not think that he would fall out of the first round, uh, but for him to do that was a real shocker. I think for me, it would have to be a Meek Robertson. This is somebody that I thought was a second-round graded player, and now I knew he would fall a little bit because teams view him as a slot corner, an undersized kind of guy. But to fall all the way to day three, I think that's absolutely insane. And I think Mike Mayock is smiling now, knowing the kind of chess piece player he got for the slot. Maybe they give him some reps at free safety. The Raiders, they're the ones that really reap the rewards on that one. I just want to know how Mike Mayock watched Meek Robertson because he only watches Clemson and Alabama play. It's like, they, they probably did Louisiana won. Tech play Clemson? What happened? They, they Maybe probably he gave got a, like scout a glitch a in their war room. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So mine would be Josh Jones or Zach Bond. They actually would be tied because Zach Bond fell to 74 overall. I had him at 33 on the big board. And then Josh Jones, who was 32, falls to 72. So uh, about the same fall for both those guys. And I have heard that it, it's not medical. There weren't issues. Just teams did not think they were as good as, as we thought they were. So that is definitely a big one. Hunter Bryant, another one we mentioned a lot on day three of the draft. I did hear back from that that it was medical reasons. Just you try to dig into that. This year it was a little bit more difficult because there's just not a lot of information flowing around from scouts. Are you guys excited for the NFC East tomorrow? I am. I am. I think the Cowboys fans are going to be very excited. Cowboys fans are going to be very excited. Eagles fans. I can't wait. The Giants bounce back draft. The Cowboys beautiful draft. I thought Washington did pretty good. Obviously Chase Young, but even somebody, you know, like the running back from Memphis that they got. I think when Antonio Gibson, the Eagles, we're going to have to talk about those Eagles, boys. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun tomorrow. Grades everywhere. Eagles madness. Hashtagging. Cry, Eagles, cry. We'll be back tomorrow. Find oh, us on no. Twitter at Stick to Football. Follow us right here in the Bleacher Report app. Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern time. From Ella O'Connor, I'm Matt. We will see you all soon.